Stephen Jill here. Hello. Welcome to the House Academy Show, entertaining real estate investment talk. I'm Stephen Jack Butala. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from normally sunny Southern California. Today, Jill and I talk about how baby boomers will sell 21 million homes over the next two uh, decades, next 20 years, and what that really means to us as house investors, or at least it's my opinion. I was just talking to somebody, I'm trying to remember who it was, and they were young and I think they were trying to impress me. (laughs) 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 And like pulling random facts out of their head, like of things that they read in the paper, and they were just talking about how the, the next generation coming up is gonna buy so many homes. All the, I don't remember what generation it is, but all the 25 to 35 year olds that are hot on buying homes more than we are. Yeah. Oh yeah, this generation coming up. Right. Yeah, they, the American dream's never changed. I know, and I keep it's, thinking. That surprises me a lot. It does. I'm I like, read the same thing. And I, and I watch them right now successfully renting and putting money away. And I, I worry that they're gonna put their hard-earned money into a mortgage at the wrong time. That's exactly what they're gonna do. I know, and they're gonna and that's lose what some we of do. that money. I mean, we both did it. Yeah, well, but but we're here, I'm trying to save you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to this, trying to impress Jill. Okay. Many people trying to impress Jill. When you're a yes, young- Yes, it was a guy. <laughs> when you're a young male. All right. You know, you, you try to impress women. It's just part of our bi- biology. And what's funny is that we just do it all wrong. <laughs> your That's innate true. reaction when you're a young man to try to pre- uh, pre- impress a, a woman is to tell her about how great you are and bang your chest and look at my sports car and you know and, and my watch not, and that's not what women want at all it turns out at any age yeah what the do women want the more uh mysterious and discreet and non-braggy you are believe me the more we like you i like if i uh what do women want yeah oh and what do women want in that environment? Like, you meet this new guy. Yep. The last thing you want is for him to talk about himself and his job and how great he is. Exactly. And that's I'm a, like, but that's exactly what all like, men. Gone. Seriously. But that's what uh, men are are hardwired biologically to impress you. So, so it comes out that way. I don't want to. So I don't want to hear us, it's. Give us some instruction. I don't want to hear it's my round. <laughs> Could you want the last two? <laughs> and you assume that I am, you know women's rights heck no don't assume that assume i want to be swept off my feet and i want you to be a gentleman and treat me like a woman and take care of me and offer me your seat and buy me and my friends drinks and ask us a lot of questions ask questions yes how about where's the compliments where does it's oh, i've learned now in my later life that compliments can get you everywhere really quickly Correct. with anyone but there's this line where it just becomes like you know it becomes like silly and and uh, uh, see through. Well, if you don't think first, number one, <laughs> that's that's a lot of it. Like, don't issue a stupid compliment. You know, I'm trying to think of an example, but they're out there. <laughs> Make it sincere. Don't ask me the cliche ones. I've never seen eyes that color. I mean, we don't want oh, that, yeah. right? But wow, you sound really good about your job. What do you do? That's really cool. How did you get there? That's that's really interesting. That that could be a compliment and push me forward, make me feel good about myself, and then all the while go, you know what? 
you're having this great conversation. This is dating 101, apparently, right <laughs> now on the show. So we're having a great conversation. You're asking about myself. You're asking about my job. You're complimenting me about, God, you kick ass in that environment, it sounds like. Yeah, I do. And then the next thing you say is, all right, your drink is empty. Do you want the same thing? Or would you like something different? I'll be right back. Wow, I'm learning a lot today. There you go. Would you do this stuff? You know that. You I just, are I wonder, awesome every time this. we talk about this, I wonder how much of it is Jill and then the universe of, of women. I think there's a part of that too. Part of it's me. And I watch some of my friends. They don't, they aren't that way necessarily. They do like the cliche compliments, I, I, I think. I think some people, and you're not one of them, are just incredibly uncomfortable when someone walks up to them and starts, you know, talking. Like, I think this is well within your comfort level because you're, uh, you're a born salesperson. And I just think that you can handle anything that anyone says pretty intelligently and quickly and you can think on your feet. I think a lot of people are just like, what the heck? You know the part that I don't understand about my friends? <laughs> <laughs> we have a few friends. One in particular that was like pouting in the corner. And it's actually not my friend. She's kind of a friend of a friend because she's, and she won't be my friend because of this. <laughs> she's pouting in the corner because it's not all about her. Yeah. We were out and a friend had a, her sister visiting from the East Coast. I mean, come on. And she's pounding in the corner because the conversation's not about her. What the heck? Uh, that screams insecurity and weirdness, you know, and who would want to talk to her? Could you imagine? She's She was all pissed off because she's, you know, we're not like trolling for men. Never mind. She's married. But oh, really? Not kidding. How do you know that? I know that. I know she's married. No, and I mean, how do you know she was? Well, she just wanted to go out and flirt and have fun, right? And talk to guys. And I'm, we're like, we're having a good conversation. It's not all about you. I don't understand that. That's not good. Correct. Today's topic, which I already said. How about the question? Oh, yeah. Let's take it. Uh, before we get into the, what I, I got so sidetracked about <laughs> how to get a girl. How to get a girl.com by Jill DeWitt. <laughs> Before we get into it, let's take a question posted by one of our members on the houseacademy.com online community. It's free. Edgar says, I had to modify the purchase agreement a bit more because it was lacking on some additional terms. For him, I added. The main one that stood out, though, is that it doesn't have a deposit amount. Should we include a deposit amount or just leave it empty? I know that for some of my self-closed deals, this is no biggie. But for most of my deals, I plan to use a title company. Also, for my real estate agents, I put in the following statement. Seller understands that one or more buyers of this company is a licensed real estate agent. Buyer has a personal interest to purchase this property as an investment for the purpose of making a profit. Buyer has no brokerage relationship with seller and is not representing seller in this transaction. What are your comments? First of all, I don't know where the question is. I was thinking. Second of all, on what planet? On what planet is all this language required? I'll tell you what planet, because I know I know about this person, and there's a lot more to this question, and I truncated it before all the blood vessels broke in the top of my head. We are not real estate agents. If you've ever read a real estate agent purchase agreement, or start, uh, printed it out, put it on your desk, and looked at our purchase agreement, ours is one page. There's just 48 pages. <laughs> we didn't create a show and create Land Academy and create a business 
with the intent of complicating things and making it difficult for people and hard to understand. So Edgar, feel free to make your purchase agreement 92 pages long and I'd like you to let us know how it goes. <laughs> that's, that's all I can think of. It's, it's, it's like this contract I just got yesterday. Yeah, I'm staring you just at this got contract. one of these. And, and what's, it's so sad to me, it's there's somebody else, I'm, I'm deal funding. It's a deal funding deal that I'm doing. And the person that we're doing the deal funding with, we're on the same page slash however, um, they're allowing this agent to kind of call the shots. And that's not how we roll. It's never been how we roll. And this agent is, is looking at this going, no, I know we could do this type of a contract, but I think we should do this type of a contract, which is a longer one. And they're adding in extra addendums that the seller nor, nor actually we're the, we're the seller in this transaction, that the buyer nor us cares about. And they're accidentally going to uh, blow the deal. And yeah. what that's gonna do for them is they're not gonna get a commission. And that's what that's the part I don't understand. If everybody's on the same page, I'm happy with a cocktail napkin, you're happy with a cocktail yeah. napkin. And on the cocktail napkin says, hey agent, you get X percent of this. Why would you wanna mess that up? I'd like to buy your house for $134,000, we're gonna use escrow agent X. And at, if at any time uh, this doesn't work for you, let me know, we'll, we'll kill the deal. Uh, and likewise, if we find some stuff we don't like at any time during the transaction, we're, we're gonna kill the deal. And then there's a few other little terms and conditions about how we're probably gonna pay for everything because of the price. And so all this stuff is, is for them. It's not, so I don't know how our culture, our, you know, this whole country was built on attorneys. All the forefathers of our countries were of this country are lawyers, and so there's this prevalent legal. All of these things happen with these contracts. They're built over time because of problems. So you can't see into the future. There has to be a little bit of trust, and contracting stuff to death. It's just not. You're in the end, you're going to lose. Well, and I'd like to know. Really, this would be a good case study. I'm very curious. How many people would actually follow through? on that contract. So let me give you an example. I'm gonna buy your house, Stephen. You and I are all into it, and we're getting down to the end. We side the thick 25-page addendum that goes with the 98-page contract. <laughs> <laughs> because, you, because you have the worst agent on the planet, by the way, but we're all in. But you know, at the very end of it, you decide you don't wanna sell, you don't wanna move, you yeah. love the neighborhood, whatever reason, you, That's you you're like, Right, and so you say, Jill deals off. Am I really gonna go after you for this? What point, what, what would be the purpose of that? Am I really gonna dig in and, and hire an attorney and say, oh, but you signed and it's you know three hours before closing, you can't change your mind. Yeah, you can. I've and, never done, go ahead. And, and the escrow company's not gonna force it, by the way, they're gonna go, oh well, and move on, that's fine. Push it aside. Who cares? They're gonna shred it, and 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 again, it's that would be me, or vice versa. I'm not gonna. And what what would I get out of it? You think? I mean, seriously, is there really gonna be an attorney that's gonna I'm gonna hire that's gonna come and pack you up and move you out? We'll probably settle for something, and, and we both spend a lot of money and waste a lot of time. So what's the point? Here's the point. Okay, and that's a great question. The point is this: I'm a real insecure real estate agent who has too much hairspray on. I'm very, very, very concerned that you're gonna change your mind and I'm gonna lose my fee. 
sign your all these 500 pages of stuff because you can't back out because I want my fee. So I'm not really interested in representing you. I'm not really interested in doing a real estate deal, actually. I'm interested in getting my money. Do you know what I think? I think if I'm a real estate agent, <laughs> I like this game. <laughs> we should do this show. This is crazy. I'm a real estate agent. I'm a real estate agent. Here's what I do. I scare the crap out of you by having you sign your name 45 times and initial in 103 places because you think now that you're bound to this thing. Never mind, you could run it in the shredder and tell me to go jump in a lake. Yeah. Because you really can't. So it's not know, about, yeah, it's not about the agent. The agent doesn't, stay. it's between the buyer and the seller. So this person's starting, you know, Edgar, I'm not pricking on you. I'm not, I'm really not. <laughs> You don't I need like to call. Please game. don't that call my customer so service and say, "Oh my God!" This on the show they said this. No. Nobody knows who you are. No, we're not picking on you, for real. This is just you just opened up a fun banter for us. Yeah. The show, or the show, these real estate deals don't have to be complicated, and they're not about fees. They're about a buyer buying a piece of property for a low amount, reselling it for higher, and everybody's still winning because the person just wanted to sell and get out of there. Or, and the n new person just wanted to buy a, buy a property that's still undervalued and maybe renovate it. That's our whole business model. This person's starting down the path of trying to make sure that all the terms and conditions are gonna be uh, dealt with in a contract, because this is what's ingrained. This is what they teach you in real estate school, and this is what their designated brokers tell them. You wanna make sure you get this fee out of this thing. You wanna make sure you cover yourself, because you get, get sued that we go 180 degrees from that. This right. is kind of a rant now, but it's just silly. I'm just about to do the right thing. Everybody do the right thing. Exactly. Thank you. Today's topic, baby boomers will sell 21 million homes in the next two decades. This is the meat of the show. There's a huge, huge shift in real estate uh, in real estate value and in real estate ownership that's about to happen with a population shift. And so well, here's the great news. Like, isn't it funny, these big, huge statistics? Mm -hmm. It's like, what do they mean to you? Uh, you know, okay, this is big. These kind of statistics, like they all, every time I read them, I'm like, all right, well now I have more questions than information. <laughs> and maybe that's the point. Maybe this is actually in the Wall Street Journal. Maybe the, the, they're such skilled writers that that's what they want you to do. They want you to read the title and then get more information. So, you know, what does a stat like this mean? Well, it means that about 21 million houses are going to get sold over the next 20 years. And if you do the math on that per day and per week, it's pretty staggering. It's a lot more than now. Where are they all going to go? Where are all those people going to go? I don't know. They're gonna I think they're going to size. They might get well, yeah. smaller houses. They might move into. Uh, they're going to move some, into something else. Some version of long-term care facilities, maybe apartments. Whatever is more uh, compliant with their plan for their theoretical plan for uh, retirement, right? And retirement means spending less money and saving more. And so these houses are going to come up. But here's the good news: you know who tracks this way more than us? It's new home builders like Shea Homes and Toll Brothers, right. and and uh, people that statistically have a lot more to lose than us, who are going to stop building homes to address this infill scenario or. Uh, the newer, like Joe alluded to right in the beginning of the whole um, the whole show, younger people are saying, you know, the younger people still want to buy a house. They probably just don't want to buy a house that a baby boober owned that's got, you know, an olive kitchen in it. So all this stacks up. 
for good stuff for us. Here's why. To do very, very well at what we do, you only need to do, need to do one or two. If you listen to yesterday's show on Land Academy, we have a member who just does one deal a month. So if you buy and sell a house every month for and net fifty to $80,000 right. and take advantage of this, this movement, the key to this whole stat for me is it, the real estate's gonna move and it's gonna move at a higher velocity and a higher volume than we're used to now. That's all good for us. I'm excited. Yeah. Can I tell you, I'm personally excited. All I think of is all the people that I know from my hometown that are still living in the house that they bought in 1964 uh, for $28,000 and it's been paid off forever. So these people are gonna get offers from us and on our community here uh, and they're gonna be like, yippee kaye, thank you so much. I don't have to remodel the kitchen. Uh, you don't care that I filled in the pool in the backyard because it looks kind of ugly, but I couldn't stay in the pool. And I can cash out quickly and easily, and you'll, you'll, you know, help me arrange a mover if I need to. As a data person, this is really intriguing to me too because now, if I realize there's a higher chance that somebody between the ages of X and Y are likely to move out, it might change the letter that I send out because I can very easily identify the ages of people in their homes through API data development and the whole thing. Jill and I are, well, not Jill, but I'm, I mean, I spend a lot of my day studying how to get better data so that we can send out better, as a group, send out more accurate mail, uh, mail campaigns. So as a percentage, any any little uh, angle like this is, is good. Well, I personally, as now that we're talking about it, I'm brainstorming too. I'm thinking this is really gonna be ideal for us because I really believe that that generation values customer service. They like to walk into the bank, see the teller, talk to the teller, and write a check. Yeah. You know, there's right. still people out there. So to have the level of customer service, they're not gonna go on a website, check this out. They're not gonna go on a website and put in their address because some of them don't even have computers. They don't have fax machines. They think that's a big deal. They think that's technology still. Mm -hmm. And they're, they don't know how to operate the camera on their phones if their phones have a camera. So to get a real letter in the mail from us that they can sign and call and talk to a person and do it the old school way will sing to them. I agree. But watching a commercial on TV and going in and typing in their address to do it is going to be scary for them. And There's a I don't huge think gap. they're going to do that. And they're going to get a call yeah. from someone in a call center and it's going to be beeping in the background cuz it's going to be this weird recorded stuff. I don't think that's going to work. And I and I'm I'm as as I'm thinking this through right now, I'm like our whole business model just got better. I agree. There's just a lot more fish to catch now in the same pool. And so you can drop your line in, there's a much better chance that you're gonna be able to accomplish one or two uh, wholesale, true wholesale flips. Uh, and then on the flip side, all these homes are gonna get gobbled up by younger people, much younger than us actually, uh, beca uh, because of these urban areas. All the young people wanna live in urban areas, it's always been like that. And that's where these baby boomers have aged in place. So it all stacks up to good stuff. I mean, we could do a whole hours and hours on this actually. I, could, I really dug into this. It's a very positive thing for us. For It's a great time to get into the household sailing business. As long as it's data driven and not silly and you're not a real estate agent. I'm nice. You can be a real estate agent, just don't act like one. <laughs> Happy you could join us today. 
Remember, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you can find us on the Lad Academy Show. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we are right here on the House Academy Show. Tomorrow, the episode on the Land Academy Show is how Land Academy works from anywhere. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. That was kind of a rant. But that was good. That just made me think how great this is going to be. If anything, I might tweak our our, uh, offer just kind of to, just to make it sure it sings to them. We know you've owned your house for a long time. We know you want to get a fair price. We know, we know you, you don't. bought your house in 1962. Right. Because we have all that stuff in our data set. We have a tremendous amount of data that we could use differently. Right. You know, one of the things that I do all the time still, like right now doing um, some of the things I'm doing in L.A. County, is I when I have someone that comes back and says, this offer doesn't work for me. But this one, you know, this offer doesn't work for me. Let's just say that. I get those emails. So my, I have, a, I have kind of a template email that I send back, which is, okay, I get that. Let me back up and just say, here's who I am. This is how I roll. I'm not going to negotiate. I don't want to waste your time and my time. Please think about this. And I say things like, I'm, there's no agent involved, so that commission's going to stay in your pocket, by the way. Please just fire back with me, um, you know, after you thought about it with your lowest, you know, best offer that you would, what you would accept. And I will click a respond with a yay or an A and we'll move on. And it works fantastic. Yep. And I'm not gonna, cause I'm not gonna go back and forth. Exactly. So I'm thinking about how I tweak things for that group. So maybe tweaking things a little bit going forward, like we just talked about for this uh, group of people that we're sending offers to, uh, might make a little bit of an extra difference. Well, it's actually getting me thinking about, because I obviously read this this morning, uh, doing a little separate mailer. Because there's pockets. You can see through census data. You can see there's a lot of ways to look at data and see, you know what, there's a, a ton. The, the article was written, if, you go, if you're really interested in this, go look up Wall Street Journal and 21 million baby boomers or something. The, the article was written from a correspondent in Sun City, Arizona which is a designated, it's not a 55 plus community, I don't think, it, but it was a Dell Webb community that mm-hmm. was made for retirement. It was one of the first of its kind in the country. All those houses are going to become available, or are. It's like they have the tennis courts and the golf courts yeah. and the pickleball, it's designed for them. I don't think it's, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it's like uh, restricted for anybody, yeah. but it's sure designed for, if you have little kids, you're not going to want to yeah. live here. Not hanging out. It's not the right neighborhood. There's no elementary school you know, right and, around there. And the new the the millennials aren't going to want to move in there. So, right. Well, uh, there's just a lot more data. Let's when there's more data, you, our group and our mentality is more successful. Wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, please subscribe and rate us there. We, we are, are Stephen Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property. <laughs>